and welcome back to HCS Weekly. I felt like, yo, this is my life. I have to go pro with Halo. In my head, thought that that was more efficient, and I guess I was right. He was like the god. We would have to two v one, like just to beat this guy. Like, <laughs> no, I don't know, man. I'll try to reach you. Like, oh, see you guys later. A lot of Halo in my life, man. It's been a, it's been a fun journey. I love it. Hello, welcome back to HCS Weekly, your weekly destination for all things HCS. I'm your host, Shyway. We're on episode number 53, over a year's worth of episodes of HCS Weekly, and it's been a great time. And it's been great having you guys along for the ride as Halo continues to ramp up. We get closer to the end of the year. Of course, right now we're celebrating our five years of HCS. HCS has been around for five years now. November 5th is that big day where they have a big announcement on the future of the platform. Right now, we're going to take a look at year three. So this is jumping back to 2017. A lot of really great things happened in 2017. The come up of some amazing players. You had Hook and Shotzi and Renegade and the forming of Splice and Envy and their dominance. So a lot of really great stuff to talk about. And who better to talk about it with uh, than Alumni, who's the coach of Envy and uh, now the manager of Envy as well. So a lot of exciting stuff coming up. Of course, before that, we got the news. We also have our giveaway. If you type exclamation mark grassroots in the chat, you enter yourself in to that giveaway for the BR skin and nameplate. We give one away every single episode, guys. So if you miss your chance this week make sure to come back next week for the end of the show now let's get into our news with maddie rum from dupecombo.com hey maddie hey what's up dude not much man uh apparently you had to like rush to get in here on time you said you're not going to be here for the news it's all you shy way and then and now you're here what, what happened yeah i left work a little late and hit some traffic uh, so i don't know if you if you've been in uh the new york new jersey area during rush hour it's not the best no, I, I've only heard uh, like horror stories. It sounds it sounds brutal, man. I for me, I'm just I'm on the it's called the TTC. It's the, the Toronto Transit. I take the subway around. I don't even don't bother don't, with it. Don't worry about traffic. <laughs> don't, yeah, well, I worry about other problems, but that's a whole other other story. Uh, thankfully, you made it, though. You're here. Uh, we got some news today, but nothing crazy. Apparently, what do we got? Yeah, another week. Not too much. Right. Uh, no playlist updates or anything, but uh the a lot of people were wondering about side events for DreamHack Atlanta, right? And they officially announced that there'd be a Halo Five two v two. Let's go! So it's going to have a five thousand dollar prize pool. It's mm -hmm. a team limit of forty eight teams, and you do not need to buy a team pass to to oh. enter yourself. You only need a spectator pass in the DreamHack. Okay, which and, I, is a more affordable option. I'm, I'm assuming. Oh yeah, I think the team pass was like one hundred forty dollars or something. A spectator pass, I think, was right. like. 60 Damn. something yeah. like that but uh signups will be on site saturday morning so if you plan on it make sure you're there early yeah and yeah that's that i mean definitely excited exciting i know there are a lot of halo 5 players who want to have this option available it just it raises a lot of questions for me as well though i'm wondering will they have a broadcast for it because i hope that there yeah. it, it appears on the broadcast at some point because remember back at face at london it just didn't happen right. and then who's competing you know what i mean like shotzi right now we just had that huge announcement from shotzi joining dallas for cod this man's busy is he going to still try to you know compete in a halo 5 2v2 saiyan said he stopped playing halo 5 so some of the big guns that were available back in Atlant Atlantic City. I don't know if they're going to carry over. We have new blood coming in, so uh, interesting, right? Yeah, I guess uh, we'll have to see what uh, Neptune and Falcated are up to. Yeah, And yeah. then you got uh, Proximity and Reclaimer. Oh, yeah, and Renegade. Renegade That's, that'll well. be interesting to see if he decides to play, who he'll team with. Yeah, Proximity and Reclaimer actually play pretty well. I'm sure they're going to want to come back for that also. And uh, if if the you know some of the big competitors are out of there, maybe they got a chance uh, to win it, to take it all. So that'd be pretty exciting. 
Um, we also have some Halo 5 playlist updates. Uh, yeah, so uh, like I mentioned a week or two ago, they they planned out their calendar, but um, this week and next week, we have the Covenant Slayer and Warzone Assault playlists are up wow. now. And then on October 17th, they're adding the Halo 2 Battle Rifle Slayer into the mix. And then there was also an interesting note in the community update from uh, Unishek, where he said that they're thinking about decreasing the amount of playlists available at once. So they're not like going to permanently delete all of them, but I don't think they're going to make as many available to play because they're saying something it could help uh, matchmaking times, finding matches. Yeah, rather than yeah. spreading out the population throughout, you know, eight playlists. Right. I, I totally get the intention. I, I feel like that might work, but I, it also brings up these other worries. We're, we're at this point right now where these playlists have been around so long and people have kind of, there's little pockets, little communities that are established within them that'll be upset if they go. Like, I, I didn't realize that by adding HCS2s, you remove the doubles playlist and there's actually a small community of people who play doubles and love doubles the way that it was with those settings. So I had people come into my Twitch stream in my chat and say like, you know, why does this have to be like, why, why did they change it? What the heck? It's not fair. I didn't realize that, that people would get upset about that. So it's like, you can't, you can never please everybody. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah. No, it's definitely um, not pleasing anyone. Yeah. But if, so, if you had every playlist available, then you probably wouldn't be able to find a match in anything. Exactly. Nobody would be able to play. So it's it's a weird dilemma that they're experiencing, but I guess they'll continue to kind of rearrange things and hopefully they find a balance that works and, you know, all just kind of a waiting game until we get the the big uh, the guns coming in, right? The Halo Reach, MCC, and, and Infinite at some point in the future. Um, in the meantime, we've got DreamHack qualifiers. Uh, yeah, qualifier one took place last Saturday. Um, finishing first was Tox Gaming. Uh, Lethal Snake Bite World 2 APG. Second was Lux Gaming, which is they were under the team name Cleveland Stainers, but it's Lux. Uh, okay. Goofy, Goofy Gilkey, Ryan New Gabriel. And then in third and fourth were Mantra, which is Ace Commonly, Trippy, and Penguin. Yeah. And Five Bucks Nug, which is Straight Sick Aries, Fantasy, and Shelly. Which this is interesting to see, right? Because the last time we saw Lux and Tox go up, actually, they didn't go up against each other up, in yeah. a tournament, but Lux won it pretty dominantly. So now we're starting to see this in qualifiers. Of course, online doesn't tell the full story, but right now Tox continues to showcase that they are, you know, as strong as they are as a, as a squad. Um, and those qualifiers will continue upcoming this weekend as well, right? Yep. On Saturday, the 12th is the second qualifier at 12 p.m. Central Time. And then on Sunday, the 13th, there's a live for the game Halo 5 2v2 mm-hmm. and Blam Gaming Halo Series Grand Finale. Nice. Yeah, so a lot of stuff to look forward to just in the upcoming weekend and more qualifiers. And then eventually we have Atlanta. We have our announcement on November 5th. So some stuff to look forward to, guys. Some stuff to some reasons to stay engaged and excited about Halo. Uh, and once again, Maddie, thank you for delivering the news. Of course, guys, everything is on noobcombo.com. If you want more details, go to noobcombo.com. You can access all of the stuff that we talked about. Thank you, Maddie, for joining me. You got it anytime. No problem. All right, that closes our news for today's show. I'm excited to bring on our guest, the manager at Envy. Alumni. How's it going? What's going on, guys? Man, happy to have you here. Thank you for joining me. I'm going to gush a little bit for a second, but there's there's a couple people where like, for some reason, I I just know when I meet certain people that I'm going to like them. You're one of those people. (laughs) Because I appreciate that. 
Yeah, I think it's because I met your brother and your brother was such a cool guy. And mm. and I've I've also watched some of your streams and I know you're like you're an anime fan. You're you're you play a lot of different games. Of course, you got some Final Fantasy up in the background. This is all stuff that like I, I love to nerd out about. Uh, and yeah. speaking of nerding out, you just came back from Japan as well, right? Yeah, I've been back for a couple weeks now. Unfortunately, I miss it a lot. Um, they're going through some stuff out there with um, some weather. And um, but besides that had a great experience with my brother and one of my other coworkers who's a videographer for the company. And um, it was a long time coming, been dreaming about going to Japan for a long time. And it just kind of, it's, it's, it's funny how you plan for something in your mind, you're, you're visualizing it. And then all of a sudden you, it just materializes and you're just there. Like, and it was, it was, a, it was deep for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks incredible. We had a, like a quick video clip. Here's some background here. It looks like- oh God stretched out here but uh where is this what's this um, all about is there a gundam cafe there is that what that is or yeah I- so we had just got to odaiba and randomly ultra japan is going on there okay what yeah is that? so it's like a music festival like um yeah so a lot of people are there just enjoying you know that event but the gundam statue is there as well with uh the gundam cafe so it's connected to a big yes. mall really really nice mall and there's a miniature Statue of Liberty not, you know, too far away from that as well. Uh, so sick, man. I, I yeah. went back in uh, in 2014. It was the best place I've ever been to, and I've been wanting to go back uh, since. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you went to Akihabara, right? Yeah, Akihabara. Yeah, yeah. I went there and um, nerded out on, you know, a lot of Gundam uh, figurines. A lot Did of you info. buy stuff? I bought a few things, but yeah. um, you got to be careful because, like, you can just spend a whole bunch there. And it was... Yeah. It was towards the beginning of our trip, and as we still had Osaka and Kyoto to go to. So, you know, I, I kind of held back a little bit, and um, probably next time I'll make more of a mission to, to you know, spend a little bit more time there. But the experience yeah. overall, going to the retro gaming um, arcades and, you know, so seeing sick. A, yeah, it, it was just it was just awesome the stuff that I don't ever really get to experience here in the States. Yeah, like something you guys got to know if you go to Japan is arcades are next level in Japan. Like every single arcade, it's like multiple stories, right? Like there's yeah, multiple that, that stories, Sega building yep. you had in the background mm-hmm. in one of your photos. That Sega building's crazy. It's like eight stories of just different games, different every games. single level. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's so sick, man. Uh, I could talk about that stuff for hours, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep it going though <laughs> uh, because I know you're busy. You got so much going on, man. You're you're, yeah. you're working with Envy right now. Envy is killing it in COD. We have huge announcements coming up. Uh, how how has that been? Like coming back to to Envy. What what are you up to over at at the company? And and how crazy is is, is stuff over there right now? Um, it's it's been pretty hectic. Um, making sure that you know we're transitioning into this franchising model with our Call of Duty team properly, and um, we've just been a re- unveiling announcements uh, for our players. And so far, we've announced Clayster and Shotzi. Yes. And, yeah, and shooting all that was you know it took a lot of hard work. And um, shout out to a lot of my coworkers. Um, long hours, long days, um, making sure all the story is told the way that it needs to be. Yeah, I, I think you guys did an amazing job. Uh, and just to show, for those who haven't seen, we have Shotzi's uh, announcement video. Let's show that with audio, and then we'll come back. Awesome. You may not know who I am. If we don't hear it, the stream probably still does. But I'm about to change that. My pro career began when I busted on the Halo scene at the age of 16. 
Over the course of two years, I racked up five championships, including one world championship. Despite my success, I knew it was time to make a change. I saw the potential in Call of Duty and started taking it seriously when I turned 18. I've always been known as a mechanically gifted player, so it wasn't long before I got the attention of my teammates. Even though I never competed in Call of Duty, they decided to take a chance on me. I know it's a big risk for a team to take a chance on an unproven player like me, but I'm going to show everyone what I'm capable of. I know I have a lot to prove this year, and there will be a lot of eyes on me, but I'm going to let the results speak for themselves and put on for the city of Dallas. So big plays, man. Big plays. Are, were you yeah. involved in uh, in any way in the decision making behind this? Like Shotzi, he hasn't like he's not competed in anything in COD, but now he's playing with Clayster, who's a world champion. Like, how how does he get there so quick? Um, I mean, look at his resume. So you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, he did play at Miami. I think he teamed with Pharaoh, and um, and. People have kind of just been paying attention to him, even like oh. after a lot of the Halo stuff that he's been doing, even in COD. Like he's been playing like with top pros, like and a lot of the chows and you know um, online tens that they do, right. and you know a lot of the other pro players they can see like that transition, like um, slowly into Call of Duty. Like his movement, obviously, is just it's just mm -hmm. insane. Like even with him not playing very much COD, you can see yeah. his movement is is similar uh to a lot of the top um smg players uh so it's just a no wonder that um you know a lot of teams and a lot of players would be interested in him and obviously you know we we were interested in him as well yeah I, I, he's got to kind of be like over the moon right now this seems like an amazing situation for any of these pro players who end up in these franchise teams like what do you think about this big transition right like call of duty going through this franchising process do you, do you want to see halo do something like that at some point uh i would love for halo to get to that point i would love for yeah. um, halo to you know get back to get back on the grounds that um we once were you know uh yeah in, at least in my time where i felt like halo was the premier uh, first-person shooter for sure but right. um uh, i have no doubt that um you know they're putting hard work into the game i know a lot of the guys that are there working with 343 a lot of respectable guys who you know are definitely putting their best interests into making um a halo game that they can actually stand behind yeah. and, and feel confident that the community is going to accept and it's going to be accessible in terms of um you know, the playlists and, and whatnot, and it's going to be catered to everyone's needs. Yeah, man. I mean, that's well, all we can do is have faith and, and be optimistic yeah. about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and like you said, you you wanted to go back to, to how you remember it being when Halo was on top, Halo was king. Uh, mm -hmm. You've been around Halo for a very long time. I was wondering, where did it all begin before we get into our, our year three of HCS? Uh, how did you first get into Halo? Um, well, obviously, Halo 1 was like, my first like game I ever played on the Xbox um, when it first was released in 2001. Nice. You know, me and my brother played a whole bunch of that. We were better than just about everybody around our area, but there was a select few people that were, you know, pretty good, and we didn't find out about that. So we went to a pretty major LAN 
a pretty big uh, land in Halo 1 and got just destroyed by some people. Um, this team called TOD, I think it was, and I think yeah. Square Squared um, knows of them uh, from back of the day. And then Halo 2 just just became obsessed with it. Like, uh, and that's all I could ever think about was trying to, you know, pursue playing professionally. And um, yeah. I think uh, when I was finally able to go to a tournament, I went to Dallas, my first event actually in 2007, and um, didn't do that well, but the next event, I got picked up by um, Arcanum. There's another player, Devious, mm-hmm. and another uh, top amateur player, um, Arsonist. And then I, that's when I started breaking into the pro FFA scene and, and pro 4v4. And um, then finally signed a contract in Halo 3 2008 with MLG. And um, wow. then, yeah, and then played Halo professionally for the next uh, few years, all the way up to about 2015 when I made that transition over to. Um, coaching going into like 2016 to like Halo 5 um, with uh, Huke and Boo Boo Doo Boo Predator uh, Predevinator and um, yeah. and uh, Contra. Yeah, yeah. So you actually, yeah, you have an incredible amount of experience. It's unfortunate because I I went to the the uh, wiki and I was trying to read more, but then I looked mm. at your tournament results and there's there's so many tournaments all the way back to 2007. You yeah. had a stint with uh, Status Quo. You're with Status Quo for a little while. Yeah. Uh, you bounced on some some pretty you know reputable rosters. Uh, yeah. You had some pretty good placings in Reach as well. Yeah. Some yeah. top eights there. So yeah, yeah, so a lot of stuff that you'd been through. Um, and of course, your brother was along for the ride there. You and your brother, uh, you, are you very competitive with each other? You guys play together a lot, getting like on the come up. Yeah, I mean that's how that's how that competitive nature was nurtured, yeah. honestly, because he was the only one near me when growing up that was on my skill, or if uh-huh. not better, at certain games. So we were playing fighting games against each other, like Dead or Alive, Soul nice. Calibur. We were playing cool. Madden. We used to get in fights over Madden. Um, yeah, I mean. Yeah. That that's what helped helped us get to where we were to be able to utilize that competitive nature and put it into something to turn it into something productive and not just a hobby that takes up time. Yeah, and that's something that you wanted to do from a young age. You realized you wanted to be productive with it, like early on, or was it I, more so you just wanted to play more? You wanted to compete because that's a very mature mindset to have, you know? Yeah. So at the time, it was just about just being a professional player like and, and yeah. showcasing the fact that I'm just better, you know, mm-hmm. than sep- you know, separated myself at the time. And um then as time grew on and passed by, I decided to think about more so long term in right. a time in a time period where no one was really thinking about esports too much long term because it was like I want to say 2011, 2012. Right. So very in the infancy stages, wasn't too many organizations. Kids were finally starting to get sponsored by organizations and and whatnot. And um, you know, made started making a business trans uh transfer, business move transfer from playing professionally to coaching to get into an organization, um, to transition over to managing professional players and teams. Right. Be- because of the experience, because of actually growing up and playing professionally and understanding what these pros uh you know their lifestyles and and how to communicate that to um you know uh the investors and and whatnot and here we are now and yeah yeah that that's the thing you you had to have some incredible foresight to see you know like this this can't last forever this moment here i can't Mm -hmm. just be a competitive gamer i need to find other options and of course gaming is your passion you want to stick with the industry 
um, mm-hmm. and you get into coaching and mm-hmm. uh, like was coaching really that big at the time like when did coaching start to become like uh, you know a part of competitive halo I remember See, back in the day they didn't even have headsets they just shouted at each other like do they had do they have coaches back then you know they they did have coaches but it was always for some reason people always looked times. down upon they well oh, they okay. looked down upon on coaches for some reason and it, right. and um because they looked at coaches as a person who oh well if i can't play i'm gonna coach so you must not be good uh, enough to get on a team because you're coaching. That's yeah. how a lot of people would perceive that, but not knowing the benefits of what a coach can bring to the team and helping players just focus on what they need to do because the coach is getting all the information that they need to and doing all the homework and presenting it in a way that they can absorb it and yeah. and, and apply it to their games so they can perform better with you know their teammates and not just themselves. So... Um, articulating that to players was something that I was, you know, really good at. So that's why I took that opportunity and I saw talent and I have a really good eye for who's going to be, you know, a top prospect. I I mean, like, I I really do feel like I can identify that and see who's going to be a good player, who's going to falter, who's going to mess up, who's going to be average type of thing. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that the coaching aspect is very important and it wasn't back then. And now people are understanding right. that there's many opportunities that can build from coaching and, you know, yeah. moving up, you know, and, and getting into an organization and creating themselves, you know, getting an opportunity to move up through an organization. Yeah, just so much more than just keeping times on power weapons and, and customs and exactly. whatnot. It's uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like you were one of the kind of people who pioneered that that uh that's was that sort of opportunity and of course it all started with denial i guess is that your first gig as a coach how, how did you get into this uh mm, no actually, or you had some before that i coached um dynasty for okay. um i think it was 2011 or 2010 i think it was an invite only right, top right. eight halo 3 but reach was out at the time reach right. was being played at dallas at the event dallas but the top eight from halo 3 um, were playing in their own tournament, and okay. it was, it, I think it was, it was R- Richie, Hines, APG, um, Clutch, and goodness gracious, I, I I forget who was our fourth, it was so long ago, but mm-hmm. um, but I, I, I got my first taste of coaching in Halo 3, and I honestly do feel like Halo 3, coaching Halo 3 is a bit harder than coaching Halo 5. Why is that? Because you just have so much more information in Halo Five, you have uh, you have right, things right. popping up, letting you know when times or you know when stuff's exactly. about to come up, and you know weapons and whatnot. And Halo Three is kind of like if nobody had a vision on whether or not a sniper got burnt or yeah. rockets got burnt, then you kind of like have to do you know some some research in terms of like assuming when you know what the time would be when it was burnt because it's not there when the time it's supposed to come up. So you kind of had to think a little yeah. bit more. You had to pay attention a little bit more to just specifically times and not so much small talk to your teammates, feeding them bits of information. You kind of just had to focus on power-ups and stuff a lot more than you did in Halo 5. Yeah, yeah, like so many things, especially when you have dirtying weapons in play. That would be so much harder to, to kind of keep track of. You have to have a keen eye yep. for stuff like that or even just be watching good at predicting it. Yeah, yeah and predicting, watching people's yeah. screens. Yeah, yeah. And and like you said, it's a little different in Halo Five. It's you're kind of mentoring and you're keeping their mindset stable. You're making yep. sure that they're playing their best Halo and they're staying coordinated. And that's some stuff that we're going to look at in a little bit. Um, so then, yep. tell me about denial. You said you had a, a keen eye for talent, and mm. you you stumbled across Hook, who mm. became just a, a total god. Uh, how did how did this denial situation come together with you as the coach? Okay, so I 
you know, started playing against um, Hugh and Boo Boo Doo Boo in some of the tournaments, and there was Breakout at the time. And so I was just like, you know, who is this, you know, kid? He's like, he's he's pretty solid and yeah. whatnot. And then um, after I decided to take a step, you know, down from competing, I noticed that he was going to be playing with Contra and and Predevinator. And I was like, wow, like Contra's nasty. Devin's been nasty for a while, but not that many people knew that Devin was nasty. Devin's been right. nasty for a long, long time. It's what just, happened to Devin? Do you know what he's been up to? I think he went to the military, if I'm not mistaken, oh, wow. last I talked to him. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I saw a lot of potential. And for me to also shine as a coach, because communication on that team wasn't, per se, right. the best, because Devin didn't communicate too much. Contra kind of did. Boo Boo Doo Boo was probably a little bit more vocal, and Hugh okay. was so-so with communication at the time. And so it it created a lot of opportunity for me to small talk and 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 and, and kind of call uh, make uh, play calls actually, right. you know. And, and if you listen to a lot of the listenings from some of those games, you can hear me talking and 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 giving insight and you know um, certain objectives for the guys to follow. And they listen to a lot of that, and it just yeah. worked for our structure and how we were running the team. Yeah. And I mean, the result of that was you guys actually did pretty well throughout that 2016 year. And I mean, in worlds, you got fourth place, which is a, a pretty incredible placing, especially with a, with a bunch of, a bunch of players who weren't recognized before that, like boo boo and Hoop. nobody oh, had any idea who they were. It's the first year on, on the circuit. And all of a sudden they're hitting these, you know, these amazing placings. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and I mean, of course the focus of the conversation is, is uh, 2017 is what we're going to look at. So let's try to jump forward there. A big transition happens. Uh, denial splits up after Worlds. Uh, Envious starts to come together. Uh, of course, there's a little bit that kind of uh, you know transpires before that, but eventually we have mm-hmm. Hook snipe down Ola and Mikwin, which yeah. is just seems like the God Squad that was designed to destroy Optic at the time. And we've got a bunch of uh, footage and promo stuff that we can throw up in the background so you guys can get a look at the squad. Um, but how does that come together? Like, tell me about how how this this squad comes together at such an important time in Halo. Um, well. It just play styles, and I knew, and we knew that we needed to get we needed to get sniped down at the time because it, mm-hmm. it was it was it was Mick Wynn and Ola, and um, uh, we just knew that if we got enough slaying power with Mick Wynn and snipe down, and you know obviously you have Ola who's who's either going to slay or he's going to basically do whatever he needs to do because that's just him. He's a versatile player. He could do right. anything on the map at any given time. Um, and uh, getting Huke was just, it was just the icing on the cake. We knew 100% that's what we needed. We needed a fresh new style of right. play. Because you have three veterans, right, mm-hmm. who kind of play more so an old school style of Halo, in a way. And, and then you have Huke, who plays that new style of movement and, 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 and utilizing all the angles and geometry of the map at all times and i'm not saying like the other three didn't do that but for some reason you know huke is like just kind of his play style was just clearly different yeah um on top of his shot and in reaction time just being incredible yeah, like stuff yeah. we've ever seen prior yeah yeah and he doesn't take into account any of these players names that he's going against because he, he has no emotion right. going into it so that factor alone is is was pretty important factor too because you have a lot of other players who who look at names when they're fighting or, or you know, and, and, and it kind of intimidates them or, you know, they have a lot of pressure on them and whatnot. And Hugh just doesn't have any, like, he's just, just a right. beast, like overall, like, 
you know, and it just fit in. It fit in perfectly with us, and it was exactly, you know, what we needed for the team. And, like, did exactly yeah. what we are set out to do, and that's beat optic. It's because he came from COD, I guess, right? So he had a, his community was COD. He comes into Halo. He doesn't, I guess, he didn't know too much about Halo's history coming in, so he doesn't get the intimidating factor you get from seeing all these recognizable names. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I feel like that can play a a role right, in, for sure. in, in some players and people are your idols as well. Some for some people, right? Yeah, for some people, yeah, yeah, it's a real playing against some of their idols. Um, yeah, you know, for him, he played a little bit of Halo Three back in the day. Nothing too okay. crazy. Obviously, people have played Halo. A lot of people in the esports world roots started from Halo Two, if not Halo One. Right. So. So everyone has had some sort of experience. Most people, I would say, has ha- have had uh, some sort of experience right. in Halo. Right. Um, but uh, it's it's funny. I actually found Boo Boo Doo in Halo 4. I used to stream a lot of Halo 4. And he, he would join a lot of my random FFAs I would hold with viewers. And he was just annoying then. He was, <laughs> he was, he was so young, but he didn't speak. Because when he did, obviously he had that deep voice. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was, you know, I mean, <laughs> he, he didn't speak too much back then. But he... he I knew I could kind of feel in his movement when I would shoot him and and fight right. against him that you know maybe you know giving him a couple of years you know we could see him and then what do you know he pops up and then yeah. what do you know I'm working with him two you two different times because he joined yeah. NV as well right he did yeah afterwards right there was a second squad and that they were actually very uh, you know strong squad as well yeah with Stan and Trippy on on yeah. uh, along with Ola it was the LG roster. Yeah, and I mean, Sane and Trippy are, are two incredibly talented players. So you are kind of, you know, recognizing this this talent that's on the come up, grabbing them as early as you can, and then, yeah. uh, you know, mentor them to success, ideally. Yeah, a mentor yeah. is very important in this industry, if not a lot of the yeah. other industries and anything in life. Having a person who can who can guide, you know, these young individuals into shaping their careers and the pathways um, so they can sustain that lifestyle even beyond playing professionally. Yeah, and I, I would say so much more important in esports because the age that it all begins is is so, so much young. younger. The you're, you're molding children, pretty much. Yes. Yeah, they're so young, and and yep. yeah. So just for them to you know recognize that that kind of mature mindset and be professional and and uh, you know have have that that future looking uh, mm. kind of path is so important. So so the oh, fact yeah. that you're instilling that in them is is uh, pretty incredible. And I mean, it's paying off. These guys are all legends in their own right. Now you're now you're adding. Shotzi. To what the, do you uh, know? I got Shotzi with me now. You know, it was only a matter of time. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. So in the meantime, you guys, you form the squad. You go up against Optic in the end of 2016. You win the fall season final. So it looks like things, you know, kind of turned out in the way you had hoped. That you mm. were as strong as uh, people thought you could be. Yeah. Um, and then 2017 starts up, and it's a. I don't. I don't want to say a rocky start, but um, you seem to have some trouble against Liquid. A couple mm. times, right? So it starts mm. off with St. Louis. You get to grand finals with Optic, uh, or winter finals with Optic. You get knocked into losers. Liquid takes you out. And then Emmy Las Vegas, you lose to Liquid once again for third place. Uh, and it seemed like Liquid was becoming a bit of a rival at the time. Um, but then we come into Worlds. And mm-hmm. Worlds was a bit of an unfortunate start for you guys. Of course, yeah. being as strong as you are, the first game up against Splice, and you lose that series. And we have some background with you and uh, Splice in, in that we can showcase while we chat about it. Uh, tell me about this, man. I mean, Worlds, $1 million prize pool. You mm-hmm. lose twice, Splice and Liquid, almost back. To, it was the same day, I think, right? And mm-hmm. then you end up in loser's bracket. Yeah. Yeah. How, what's Tell me about this. Um, You know, I think it took us getting it to that point to finally um, uh, realize that, like, all right, guys, like, we got to 
you know, really lock in and focus up. I think we were going through some stuff even beforehand, before that tournament, a lot of behind the scenes things, you know, and there's always a lot of behind the scenes things that a lot of people, you know, the fans and whatnot, they never really see. Uh Um, and, And for some reason, our team, it took us getting into dire situations like that for, to bring the best out of us. Right. Unfortunately. And splice was a team that we didn't really get to play against. Uh, very much, actually. Um, so, you know, they had a very wild, push-heavy type team with a lot of individual skill, a lot of individual movement. Um, and they just kind of took us, you know, off guard. And then that kind of, we weren't able to rebound moving forward to the Liquid series. But then after that, you know, I know a lot of people saw what happened, you know, when we were pushed you know, to the wall. Yes. You know, in terms of who we had to play for the remainder of that tournament. Yeah, absolutely. And and you're right, though, just as far as, you know, not really recognizing the uh, capability of Splice. Like, it was just a very weird year in Halo, a transitionary kind of year where all these new players were coming in and showcasing how talented they were. Yeah, well. the meta was changing as well, players. And, and something I noticed, uh, like just uh, last week, we were talking about 2016. So many ARs and autos were used in 2016. Mm-hmm. People couldn't finish their Magnum kills. They switched to AR. They finish them off. Now that radar I'm watching it. Radar was full time. Radar was full time, right? That transition, I guess, uh, there was an update that happens after Worlds that takes this stuff out, right? Yeah. Um, but the you can see the the assault rifles are still in play, but people yeah. aren't using them anywhere near as much. Like they are still, you know, you still have the SMG, you have the you know, the the storm rifle or whatnot. But it just seems like uh, people are flying faster. They're hitting these magnum shots. They weren't last year. They're hitting these crazy snipes. Mm-hmm. The game's getting faster, and people are starting to figure out the meta and, and just the whole blocking spawns and rotations. And that's something we're going to look at with uh, some of your coaching that you mm-hmm. do really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Splice on the come up. And then you had Liquid, which was a new new roster as well, full of incredibly talented players. You had uh, Penguin, um, uh, Rain on there. So like a, a lot of really good players uh, that were on the come up at the time. Um, I have another story about Penguin uh, Zane. I found him. In, I found him in H two A when I was streaming, and um, he he subbed to my channel, and we would just play matchmaking. I'm like, damn, like I could actually just play with this this kid, and he's holding yeah. his own. And that's kind of rare when you find a lot of people. You know, at least then nowadays, you you know, people are a little bit better generally now. But um, then um, it was kind of random to find somebody from your stream that actually like could keep up and and then and the next thing you know you know zane is doing his thing and becoming a you know one of the arguably top you know halo players best halo players you know in that in that time period of you know halo 5 for sure yeah and, cont- and halo 3 he's he's really good at halo 3 as well so um yeah it was just funny funny story as well. Is it is it your stream? Is that is that the place that that all these these uh, these good young players go? Because so you were a big streamer back because uh, that's how you joined Denial to begin with, right? It was through your streaming background, was it? Um, or, so or that's what I think. I think I read that somewhere. I'm not sure. Um, so I knew I knew the owner at the time. Okay. As well, and, and uh, but streaming has always just been a hobby. I've been partnered right. with Twitch since about 2012, beginning okay. of 2012. Um, and I have a more serious way of going about playing Halo and talking about Halo. Huh. And, and, and I guess certain people just gravitate towards that seriousness. And, um, you know, it just more so than not, you know, certain really good players who you see now a day is playing at a high level, you know, 
gravitated towards me or whatever, whatever content I was playing or doing, yeah. showing, you know, and it just, just kind of a coincidence that that, you know, with Boo Boo Doo Boo and, and Penguin, those are, those are pretty. Any those others? Uh, Round it out. Um, uh, Halo 3, uh, I don't know if you know who Trey Try was. Um, or don't. Trey Try, he, he became a professional player in Reach and now he's okay. working for the Dallas Mavericks actually wow. now. Um, uh, there's a couple other players, but I don't know if they became like pro or anything, but they got, they got pretty good. Um, right. So I don't want to go too, too deep into that. I'd have to spend some time like thinking. <laughs> That's okay. Just, just waiting for you to say, I made you, you know, when, when Penguin makes his big tweet or, or shut <laughs> Nah, he put I'm that hard, he put the hard work in I know, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I talked to Penguin recently, and the, the guy's so dedicated. He's talented. He was even he was training. I keep telling people this, but he was uh, training himself for the Red Bull event by drinking Red Bull, like a certain amount of Red Bull, like uh, every day or whatever, leading up. That so that he didn't. Like so his system didn't didn't get shocked when he had Red Bull at the tournament. If he had too much, he didn't get all you know jittery or whatever. Yeah, uh, it's like damn, the dude's like he, thinking about it holistically. He's yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's very smart. People don't understand how smart Zane is. Like. He's, yeah, he's a brainiac for sure. So speaking of smart players, in the meantime, you're guiding uh, Envious through this this uh, horrible situation. You're in mm. loser's bracket. Your back's against the wall. Uh, and you have this incredible turn of events, right? So you mm. said it, it took you to this point to get here. Uh, you end up fighting your way through losers, uh, mm -hmm. sweeping every single team in your path. You sweep supremacy, crowd pleasers, luminosity, and then we get up to straight ripping. And for the straight ripping series, I caught uh, a really cool highlight in the very end. So I figured we'd watch some of this together. Okay. I think what cool. we're going to do is we'll have some audio and uh, we'll have the producers uh, managing us. We'll have some audio, but we're going to talk over it. And hopefully you guys in the chat can hear both as they uh, happen. But let's play up the uh, straight ripping series at the very end here. And hopefully you can tell me kind of uh, what you're experiencing here because Hook starts to go off and he comes out of nowhere. <laughs> Um, let's, uh, let's get that. So it's right here. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you see Renegade, he's in a great position right now with Railgun controlling, you know, pretty much our side, um, our silo and everything. And they just have us all dead, forcing us to spawn on the outside, which is like the only thing we could do is beeline from our base if we can and get, get around. And exactly. It looks like Kyler just makes a crazy yeah. play to get a double and then ends up using the Railgun to finish off the entire team he basically essentially kills the entire team by himself obviously there's a lot of distractions opening up you know for yeah. him to make those plays but you still have to hit those shots and make those decisions so for a player like this who you know who's only been competing in halo for you know roughly a year a little over a year and some change um it, it, it's just wild uh yeah. to me i never seen anything like it before and, and that was before even knowing too much about all of the cod history i had to go back and you know brush yeah. up with that history and um yeah he i mean this is just kyler things like he <laughs> it doesn't surprise me anymore so, whenever he does stuff like this like he could yeah. he could compete in halo right now if he wanted to he he could really do i i, I honestly truly believe that he could compete and just about any just e jump in and he's already pro level pretty much he yeah like yeah he, he he's really good at fortnite as well Dude. yeah oh my he's God. good at PUBG. he's He's played CS. I've seen him shred it up in CS. And just looking at What about him, PC, though? Like mouse and keyboard? Is he doing both? Yeah, or is he, he, oh, he plays so Fortnite on, on the mouse and keyboard. He okay, plays, okay. You so, got it. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. He's going to want to play whatever the top level right, is. Okay. Not saying that playing Fortnite with a controller is is not high level. It's 
definitely going to take. It's definitely going to be really hard to do. Yes. Um, but, Logically uh, speaking, where is the highest uh, skill ceiling present? Yeah, you, if, yeah, you probably right play now, mouse and keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one thing I wanted to ask, though, at the very beginning, uh, if we jump back to the beginning of this clip real quick, mm-hmm. uh, was just where where did who come from is what I was wondering, because they, they dropped three dead at the start of the clip. So hopefully we can get a replay on it. There it is. Uh, yeah. So they I think we're at it. Uh, yeah, he's going to come around and then we're going to have a quick a quick three dead. And like you said, they're he's blocking silo. So they're forcing the spawn over in garage. Who isn't mm-hmm. among the three who die? Who comes from behind? over on silo side so yeah. i don't do you know was he hiding he definitely was hiding um he was either bottom center hiding yeah. or, or or he was like like somewhere around their court side oh, so there he is like yeah he was hiding around their court side bottom middle making sure not to be seen because like he's got to get that first kill like no yeah. matter what like he's got to get the first kill and basically survive and get another kill which he did and and then basically our uh, other teammates were responding getting shots from across off their spawns which you know definitely made it a lot easier for him to clean up the rest of the you know uh straight ripping yeah and, and then look at him look at the movement Th- like this right here yeah they're blocking uh garage and now he's gonna look over a silo but he's catching he's he's jumping like he knows that heinz is gonna do that overshoot so yeah he, he skips the silo altogether goes to the corner finishes he, off heinz he wants to finish him he wants to push him back he wants yeah. to corral him back into a, a, an area where he wants so he can dictate the spawns mm-hmm. and, and 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 gain control over you know that particular area yeah. so i mean like he He's just so fast on everything. He knows what the objective is supposed to happen. As soon as he's finished with the next, he's on. He's on to that next one. And, and just him getting on a killing right. frenzy right now. Look, look how fast it is. Like he knows to fly. <laughs> he knows yeah. to fly. Everyone is in sync at this point. Now yeah. the, the pace of the game is our pace. Now it's no longer straight ripping's pace. It's our pace now. Everyone is in sync. Everyone knows what they should be doing. We're playing lanes, and we're living. I mean, Hugh is just not dying. That's and, what you're fighting for then, right? As the coach here, you're like, how do I get these guys in sync, get the momentum yeah. going? And then they, they just kind of continue to carry it from there. And you just yeah. make sure everything, you're dotting the, the T, or dotting the I's, crossing the T's. Yeah. You know? So essentially all the information that's being relayed to everyone, everyone is processing it and processing mm-hmm. the information that uh, more or less applies to their situation and filtering out any of the information that is not that relevant to what yeah. side of the map or what they're doing, whatever objective they're doing. What's the practice? You, Sorry, say what you're going to say. Uh, and then when you can get to that point when you can truly see uh, the teamwork in a team and it, whenever the pace of the game is, you can just tell. They know I kill this guy. I'm gonna go into this area like immediately, yeah. like the process, a step by step process. Everybody knows their role. Yeah, yeah. What what did practice look like for you guys, by the way? So like, we, I assume you were in the same uh, yeah. kind of house together. What what was that uh, like? Because you you had to really yeah. kind of grind quickly and get to this level. Yeah. So uh, me and Snipe down around this time were roommates. Okay. Um, I think Austin had moved back to michigan he was living in charlotte in our apartments for a little bit as well um and ola would drive up because he lived about an hour away from us and um it would mainly just be me ola and eric just kind of you know practicing i think we did have one little team land 
because we had content that we needed to do before Worlds because I think Tashi had set up some stuff with us and, you know, we ended up having the whole team there for for a little bit. So we did have the team there playing for just a tad bit. I think we played on one online um, qualifier with the whole team. But besides that, um, we we were definitely going through some communicational things. Like, I think everyone was such good friends with everyone. We were afraid to really say things that might um you know be harmful to the relationship you know and and we didn't really know how to just flat out say certain things were certain people's issues and and whatnot and um it kind of hurt us uh moving forward into that into that particular tournament yeah yeah interesting so much that you guys had to uh to go through together to get to the place that you are now of course um continuing with that tournament uh you make it back to liquid you managed to defeat Liquid this time. You guys are, are just on an incredible momentum. And uh, and then you make it to Grand Finals. And Grand mm. Finals, there's this one. Uh, it was unfortunate that it was, uh, you know, 4-0, considering everything you guys went through to get there. Um, but there was this one amazing timestamp where you could hear all the communication happening and you could hear how you kind of fit into the mix there. Um, I'd like to play that timestamp. If possible, uh, I'd like to hear it. Hopefully myself and alumni can hear it and you, the viewers, can hear it. But we'll play it once with audio and then we'll come back and chat about it. Yeah, I don't hear it, but I'm on your team. Yeah, I'm Out of Team Envious, but I tell you. 
There we go. So I couldn't hear it, unfortunately. I'm not sure if you were able to. Yeah, I was watching. I was watching it on the live stream, just listening to the comms and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So it was a really great moment there, kind of a turning point in the match where you guys started to, you know, you got some momentum going. You managed to kind of take control of the situation, predict the spawns, work together. And I could hear you in the background, keeping them all like, you know, motivated and making sure they were on track. Let's mm -hmm. play it up one more time and uh, and let's talk about it a bit. Do you remember this uh, this moment? Uh, yeah, actually, I do. Um, it's it's just it's just wild to actually hear myself again in that in that time period because it was like damn i was like given some really good uh you know just like sub information real subtle information damn i was pretty good <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no uh um, yeah no because austin is sniper i'm I, i'm really making sure that i'm guiding him in into the areas of the proper areas where he can survive and succeed um and snipe the way that he needs to by letting him know slowly what the other three are, are doing when they're pushing, when they're clearing out of the area, when they're rotating. He's right kind of he's got to keep up with their rotate because exactly. as they keep pushing things, he's got to leave and and kind of be right behind them because the spawners on optic are going to be looking to push him and kill him and and, and you know regain you know uh, position and just take the sniper out of his hands because we've seen what Frosty does on Plaza. If he if he gets sniper and it, you know yeah. it, it, it's tough to win plaza games and stuff like that if you don't control overshield and sniper which this is a perfect example right here he was back over in yard and they mm -hmm. recognized that they could rotate past but to, then he had to uh, rotate to even more though exactly but, he had to follow and now yes. look at, you can see him doing it again now to get because, back into cafe because they won a lot of the fights in 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 yard he's mm. he's he's no longer able to stay at snipe because we've won those fights and we've pushed He's got to run block blue. He doesn't. We don't want them to spawn blue, and he's gonna basically follow the whole team up and and get control again that way. Yeah, and, keep and him on a, a spawn cycle, and then you basically create a circle, a circle uh -huh. system around Plaza, essentially. Yeah, which worked out really well in the sequence until it started to kind of. You lost it here when Hoop said we should go sniper, we should go snipe, and he's that's what's happening right now. But he's a mm -hmm. second too late. Somebody spawned bottom lift. They weren't mm -hmm. prepared for it. Hoop drops. And they've mm -hmm. got a split spawn. They had some in loop, some in, in lift, and it kind of mm -hmm. created this this uh, so, dilemma here. So yeah. what should have happened is when two died, we should just we should just um, I think rotated all the way over with sniper to get to um, yard with sniper mm. and get out of blue. That's, that could that, have worked. Yeah, that like we you know um, uh, right around uh, the light rifle and whatnot. Try to try to rotate. Oh, you know, over to that area with the sniper and and play that side of the map, essentially. Yeah, uh, so definitely. Yeah, because we I don't want to, would... because we don't want to survive in blue and spawn huh. in blue. We don't want that. Like it's a it, tough it, place to survive. Yeah, yeah. It, it, we don't really want to survive there. We either want to leave there or we just want to fight and you know and and pretty uh -huh. much die there if if there's no other alternative but to die. But we don't want to like stay alive there because it just creates. Just more chaos. Yeah, like just despite it being kind of like a precarious area, you guys actually do make it work for a bit though, because there's this yeah. one moment. Uh, John, if you're able to go back to the OS pole, and then we can kind of just talk about what happens on that rotation there. So it's about the midpoint there. Uh, at one point, I think it's snipe down. Says I'm going snipe. I'm going snipe. He blocks snipe. You have some in yard. He's Mickwin's in cafe, and he knows that loop is open, and then he just puts his angle out on loop, and he gets a nice quick headshot. And it was like the perfect timing to block the spawns and to force uh, force them in a specific location. So if you're able to go back, 
uh, to that like OS poll, we can we can display it um, mm. real quick. But it was just a perfect example. There's also one moment where uh, you said on the comms, you're like, "That's right." Uh, like I, I can't remember what it was. You're like, uh, that, oh. "That's what we do." Yeah, or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. just I'm just feeding positive information, yes, positive yes. messages. It, it lets the guys know that everyone is doing what they need to do. Subtle things like that relax players, like calm them down, and it helps them put the moment in perspective so that they can make better decisions. Like any little subtle thing like that, um, when a team is doing all the right things, obviously you want to praise them. You want to let them know that, okay, guys, like we're playing our pace, we're playing our game, we're rotating, we're doing everything we need to be doing right now. Let's keep it up. Uh, which is so true in so many areas. Like I'm just thinking, even uh, as talent in, in different shows and stuff that I've been a part of, I've had producers who have been really, you know, they they send that positive reinforcement, that that feedback that just makes mm-hmm. you comfortable and confident you deliver yep. your best work. Yep. Um, the same thing in gaming, right? These people are mm-hmm. very intense, high pressure scenarios. You need to be able to feed them that that uh, empowering, you know, positive information. And here it is coming up right now. So Mick, when he's rotating back to cafe, they're all going up into cafe, mm. um, and then you'll see so beautiful snipe here. Yep. And then Snipe Down's like, I'm pushing Snipe, I'm pushing Snipe. There he is on Snipe. He blocks Snipe. They're blocking Yard. Loop spawn. Mm-hmm. Headshot. Mm-hmm. Look at that. That's so sick. Like, that they very quickly can capitalize. And that's how you kind of even make... You can make Blue work, you right? Just, you can. You can make it work, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. When when certain people are alive in the certain areas, you know, where they need to be. Um, but it just showcases that the knowledge of knowing if I have teammates in certain areas, then... Right then the enemy's got to be in this particular area more so than not because that's the that's that's the open area of the map so austin kind of knew where to look generally with um with sniper because of where his teammates are positioned as well as communication and obviously he's got a laser for a snipe so you know those, <laughs> those is actually crazy those those snipes are actually routine for him where yeah. it was looked like it was a pretty you know it was a pretty good snipe for sure to everyone else but for him it's just kind of routine yeah yeah, I mean, it's something that I was thinking going back and watching these VODs is, uh, like, Mikwin's snipes was one thing. Mikwin's snipes are on another level. Like, yeah. I, I can't believe the guy stopped playing, to be honest. Uh, he's not, <laughs> like, he's, what, 26 or something? Like, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I still, yeah, he's still young. He's still young. He, I yeah, because he's literally, like, ridiculous. Like, that was, like, some inhuman, like, the stuff that he was snapping. Like, if you guys go watch 2017 Mikwin snipes, uh, like, dude. Even in, I, even in H2A, I think H2A, he was definitely, arguably, probably one of the best snipers in the league. Yeah h2a because it just his quick scopes it didn't matter like i feel like snipes better under pressure when he has people shooting at him he's more like more even more likely to probably snipe you yeah yeah it's just you gotta you gotta you gotta stay on top of him with like living if you can keep austin alive if you he becomes the best player in the game because if you Mm -hmm. look at the worlds that world's run he was unstoppable that tournament he was he was just destroying everything. Yeah. One of his best tournaments I've seen, you know, for sure. Yeah. At least and in that, Halo 5. Right, right. And I mean, that's the perfect thing is, is recognizing the value that each individual player brings to the table and kind of creating an environment where they can give their best work. They can do their their best plays and, and play in, in this. They feel, you know, they have the freedom, I guess, yeah. to play the way that they, you know, that they can kind of pop off and excel. Yeah. Um, and something that you definitely, you know, were, you were able to showcase that for them. Huh? Within guidelines. Within, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I, it's just really cool to see that happen. And it's nice to know, like, because that's what you said, is like coaching didn't really get that spotlight previously. It was never really something that was seen uh, in, in, you know, kind of a, it wasn't appreciated in the way that it should be. And I think that you are kind of one of those pioneers who showcase that it really can 
help. Like, of course, these are very talented players, but it, you need that that kind of guiding hand to make sure that they're, uh, you know, they're working together correctly. They feel good. They feel confident. They're not bickering amongst each other. You don't have the whole Roy and Lunchbox thing going on, you know? Yeah, and I have <laughs> and I have to pay tribute to a lot of the other coaches that kind of, like, started off even before me, and that's, like, Towie. That's, like, Triple X, right, right. Lammy, um, Mazic, um, 610. Um, uh, I know he doesn't have, like, the best rap but i know he was coaching back in the day and 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 whatnot so i just have to like pay you know tribute to some of the people i saw coaching and and doing that and and supporting their teams and like uh you know that way and um yeah so now coaching is a bigger thing because there's a lot more job opportunities as coaches as head coaches or assistant coaches or analysts even is technically kind of a coach as well so um there's a lot more opportunities to uh you know, utilize that that position in esports as a whole now, as well as Halo. Yeah, which is great, and it's something that I think a lot of these uh, younger guys you, you're competing now. Maybe that's your ultimate focus, but recognizing these avenues to success and ways that you can kind of create a, a future career for yourself uh, that doesn't just have to be in the, in the pro scene. You won't be a pro forever, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, so all these cool new avenues opening up, especially analysis as well. Man, I can relate to that, and I've, I've been yeah. trying to find my way into there uh in the meantime yeah there's i mean analysis and data and whatnot is very important it's it's so important because like that like it's all the statistics in order so teams and players and staff can you know this is more so for the esports side of things i'd say but um you know get a foothold and you know the edge on you know uh percentages of win-loss ratios on certain maps sure you know certain sides and a lot of analysis was needed in in uh, Call of Duty. Actually, surprisingly enough, like doing a lot of research on what teams do and and you know what routes they take and what maps they play. Yeah, was 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 very you know heavy in in Call of Duty for sure. Do you find that uh, going back to Halo? Do you find that you were watching a lot of vods in the meantime? Like you were watching um, you know teams face each other certain strats and stuff like that. Did that happen when you were? Uh... Uh, yeah, we watched a lot of VODs, but we knew a lot of people's play styles. Certain people had okay. partic- particular play styles, um, that really, that really stood out, uh, for us. Um, for instance, like when we had the veto system, uh, early mm-hmm. in Halo 5, I think right around the time, I think it was Sandy, or was, it was, it was an esports arena event. I, f- I forgot which, what the title of the event was, but there was a lot okay. of vetoing and whatnot. And we, we knew what certain maps to veto against Optic. Like, you know, we okay, didn't really okay. want to play them on Plaza most of the time, or we didn't want to play them on, you know, Empire, or we wanted to play them on Empire because we knew if we could play that scrappy style of, yeah. uh, of you know, controlling zone, you know, like the, um, the strongholds and, and whatnot, that, you know, that was normally a better game type for us against Optic, I know, in the past. But, um, yeah, watching VODs on that and right. and, and, and knowing what they kind of excel at um, benefited us, for sure. Yeah, just kind of identifying specific styles for different teams and picking the yep. right maps and yep. an organization of things to yeah to play as confidently as you can. Um, now, going on from Worlds, that, that kind of transitioned uh, into a couple more events there. Uh, you had another great first place win as well. It was uh, UMG Daytona. Right, mm. it was your next big win. There was the so there was the summer, the fall season that happened. Uh, I think Daytona, Daytona took place just before that, mm-hmm. um, and you managed to take out uh, Optic Gaming mm-hmm. once again there. Uh, following that, you had a couple fourth, third placements. Eventually, Hook made his transition over to COD. So, kind of, how did things? I guess it was towards the end of 2017. Mm. Things started yep. to disband. Um, 
Yeah, tell me a bit about that. I, I feel like people didn't want to see Hoop go. There was still a lot of potential there. I'm, I'm sure uh, for Envy, it was a bit of an unfortunate split. Did they all feel like it was the right time to do that, though? Um, I think it was the perfect time to do it because yeah. um, he was never meant to stay in Halo for you know any longer until he turned 18. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, like I think that's a pretty successful career, in my opinion. If you're if you're a Halo player, like even yeah. if you do stop playing Halo and transition to a different game. Um, and it just made sense at the time for the organization and the staff. I mean, like, we had kind of already planned that, obviously, when we picked Hugh up for the Halo roster, that we would keep him and transfer him over into our Call of Duty roster. That okay. was already thought about when we were picking him up for go. the Halo roster. Yeah. We were already thinking a year and a half or, you know, a year and some change before all that that we would have him switch over to cod whenever he was ready and of age yeah and i remember you saying just before we went live just kind of the the transition that hook has been through and that you've been there mm-hmm. with him throughout that entire process his, his yeah. uh you know it is when he started even on denial going mm-hmm. on yep. to envy and now yep. going with envy cod tell me a bit about that i guess you you know he's kind of what he's a 20 now he's he's like almost 20 years old or yeah 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 he's almost 20 actually he turns 20 this month huh. uh later on this month um so yeah i mean like cod has been up and down cod is is this very vicious game i mean it's it's so competitive there's so many good teams and players and and whatnot that it's just most times when i'm watching cod i i can never really tell you who's gonna win 100 percent. but seeing him get back into cod and, and and integrate himself back into that system uh was was wild because i there's only a few players even before him that have have ever been able to to interchange in between these particular titles, and that's like formal yeah. and and crim six and and enable, right? Right. Uh, to to say three, um, you know, people that you know I've looked up to and competed against, uh, sometime down the line in Halo, and and then watching them play Call of Duty as well. Yeah, it, it's a hell of a transition, but it looks like uh, for Hook it went over smoothly, and then you have. Yeah. You've yep. got Shotzi now. You've, I know Frosty's on a on a team as well. So these guys seem to be doing pretty well in in the COD space. Uh, of course, Halo continues on. So that kind of wraps up uh, 2017, the big moments there. Of course, you were part of all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but now Halo continues to exist today. Unfortunately, Halo isn't really uh, as prominent as we'd like it to be. We all have some some hopes for the future. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you're still a Halo fan as well. They put you on the spot. The uh, NV podcast put you on the spot, and they said Halo versus COD. What's better? You got this short little video clip that I grabbed. Let's play that up and see what uh, what Marcus says. Mm-hmm. Mechanically speaking, if you compare playing Halo <sighs> to, to COD, which one do you think is is in your opinion the superior <laughs> esport? Uh, I'm biased, obviously. So I had a feeling I got to go with Halo. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you shoot people for longer, so um, it just more skill involves with the longer you have to shoot a person. So it's the tracking on the, the, on the hit mark, right? You got to keep it on them longer. Yeah, the, the so tracking. Actual... But but after watching so much COD, there there is a lot of intricacies to the game that could have an argument. Um, you know, you, you, you have to be attentive and pay attention to all the little minor details in COD. You know, who's off of, you know, streaks? Who do we need to kill? Who do we not need to die to? Because if we die to this person, they're going to be able to obtain things to make this game difficult specialists monitoring who you know switching to flag you know being that teammate telling other teammates switch to flag switch to flag you know you don't do that too much in halo 
uh, switching classes, who's, you know, sw- different roles. There's actually roles. There's people who like to play a SOG role, which is a submachine gun versus uh, AR, which is, you know, ICR. There's just, there's just different play styles and different roles. So there's an argument and there's different game modes that just have completely different strategies. It, it, it's, just, it's hard. It's hard argument. But I have to go with Halo because I just feel it takes more skill to shoot people longer. That's all. Of course, as a Halo fan, I'm inclined to agree with you here, man. Uh, Halo <laughs> just, just takes more skill. I, I think you're. I think it's just the, it's the shields, <laughs> right? It's it's the fact that shields exist and there's a time to kill that doesn't exist in any other game. You got to hold your aimer perfectly yeah. and land that last headshot, right? Yeah, um, I'm. I am a little biased towards Halo, but I have been involved <laughs> in Call of Duty for about two years now, so I've been able to see the the process and and the detail behind the scenes with two different Call of Duties. One being a lot of less movement, and mm-hmm. which was World War Two, or um, and um, and then uh, watching Black Ops Four. Uh, you know, um, the, which had more advanced movement, and and, and seeing you know, the skill it takes and the knowledge it takes to keep track of all these other things going on in the game with specialists and and all that. But in terms of just combat and just solely gun fight, Mm -hmm. when you have the decision to fight a person and back off and then fight something else and and do multiple things while regaining your shields, it it just feels like to me like Halo just... It, it gives me more of an adrenaline rush uh, uh, fighting-wise and combat-wise rather than Call of yeah. Duty where it would be like, I'm going to go here and then I'm just melted and there's nothing I can do. Or sometimes right. I watch fights and I'm just like, whoa, like I thought this guy had first shot. Like, how did he get melted when yeah. the other guy turned? You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it, there was sometimes I just never knew who's going to win a fight. When I saw Halo, I knew because I could tell. I knew exactly how much damage was being done uh-huh. You know, uh, when I'm fighting a person or, you know, when I'm shooting a person or when I'm getting hit, you know, yeah. so it is just Halo to me is just more exhilarating when you win a 1v1 or yeah. get multi kills in general. Yeah. Well said. I, I mean, in the end of the day, they they both take an incredible amount of skill. Yes. It's not really yes. not really fair to put them up against each other. But yeah. but I 100 percent agree. I think it's just the gunplay. Right. Historically. The, the intricacies and, yeah, exactly. Um, which, you know, kind of begs the question, where, where do you hope to see? Halo in the future with Infinite, like, uh, what are some things that you would you would hope kind of transpire with that that next title that that would give it the success that we uh, we all want it to have? I just want all these separate communities to have what they need and what they've always been playing for a long time. You know, you have like your big team battle community, you have like your zombies, or you have whatever, and you have your esports right. community, and and I just want all of that to be able to be in one ecosystem to where everybody has their thing and you know yeah. and and it's all supported under one umbrella in some way shape halo or f- infinite dude it's the perfect title name like let's- yeah yeah <laughs> I, I i just want everybody to be happy and i want everybody to have a title that they you know it gives them pride to you know want to play and, and and endless opportunities for competitive players or content creators alike to um you know, be able to uh, continue doing what they're already doing if they're still involved in Halo. And if they're not, give them an opening to, you know, get back into Halo. And, you know, I do see a lot of uh, possibilities in the future surrounding maybe even possibly Ninja, you know, uh, yes. who, who knows, you know what I mean? So, yeah, we've seen stuff. Yeah. Um, 
and and, and it's and it's Microsoft's. Um, so mm-hmm. I I never I never I never look past them. You know, but can't count them out. Yeah, the opportunities there for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you're right. There, there's so many passionate communities within Halo, and and hopefully they have an answer. They have an answer that that we're looking for in all of these areas, and and it's going to be very difficult. It's a huge undertaking. Um, but I I think now more than ever, there's a chance that we could really you know see that success and see it see it work out oh, the yeah. way that we hope. Uh, and the yeah, and like you said, Ninja, a lot of big personalities want it to happen. Some of the biggest personalities in esports, e- they all came from Halo one day. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, you know, just try to just stay optimistic and hope it gets there. Uh, and that does cover everything I have for you. We do have a couple people uh, in the chat who have some questions for you as well. Uh, and we'll go through those real quick here. Uh, alumni, out of all the pros, who would you like to see make a comeback uh, and your favorite Halo team slash logo? By uh, Q, unless it just says Q&A. I guess we didn't get the name of that person. Um, Who would I like to see come back? Um... I've always been a big fan of Roy, and yes. and 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 when he's actually committed and playing and and grinding, huh. he's just such a scary player. Like his demeanor, his his ability, his leadership, um, it, it's just it's just parallel to none for sure. And like he he could still compete right now in Halo Three. I Good. guarantee you, yeah. right now. He could just get on out of nowhere and be. He did it. That's what he was doing with reciprocity. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like again, like right now, like out of the yeah. blue, just like he's just that type of player in general that I feel as though he could yeah. stop whatever he's doing and just play some Halo. Doesn't matter which title, because he's yeah. good at Halo One. If people don't know know that, I've played against him in Halo One, and yeah, he was taught by the best <laughs> uh, for sure. He was, you yeah. know. Um, but uh, and the other part of the question was, uh, what type of team? Favorite team slash logo. Uh, well, for a long time, my favorite team was Exit Wounds. Uh, back in Halo Two, and and uh, <laughs> I actually had the pleasure to team with It Was Luck and Bonfire, and go to their go to their house in Houston, and land and practice in, wow. in their house that they actually held lands in Halo Two <laughs> against top teams. Yeah. And it, it was just like it was like a it was fanboy for sure, and oh uh, yeah, that that clan and that team, I used because they did the content better than anyone else back, did back then. It was Lux montages came out, um, you know, they had actual videos of their scrims. Their dad had it planned out to where they had mugs with exit wounds. They were doing all oh the God. branded merchandise way ahead of their time there. Yeah. Before, in, in early 2009, they had wow. DVDs of their gameplay, and 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 I was just like, wow, like they were doing stuff, they were doing the right things at, but it just wasn't the right time. Right. It wasn't, you know, like that ecosystem, that realm of esports wasn't wasn't there yet. And, and I mean, you say that, and and now more than ever is that's what we need in Halo, right? Like, and that's yep. that's one of the reasons why you're so passionate about Exit Wounds, one of your favorite teams. They had content. Wow. Not many teams have that content, man. Like EG a, was one of my favorite teams in Halo Five because Taui was making this beautiful Taui, content. Taui yeah. was doing it, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, um, Exit Wounds even back then was doing lessons, so mm. they they did it all. Wow. They did the lessons. They That's had incredible. a whole they had a whole bunch of other semi pro players and really good top players in their clan, mm. um, and locals that were really good because they would go over there and land with them, and they would get good because all they're doing is playing against better players as well. Um, you know, so 
they they were doing a lot of stuff ahead of their time. Well, hopefully we can get some uh, some content back uh, coming up into the next Halo games. I think that's really what's going to you know create these communities that stick that stick around, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Sudzy, what's your favorite Final Fantasy? My favorite Final Fantasy by a mile is Final Fantasy VII. But I knew, I knew you were going to say seven. <laughs> and, 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 and but behind that one is Final Fantasy X. I actually have some fond memories of ten. Uh, oh yeah, I remember playing Final Fantasy X. I remember buying it. There was this store called uh, uh, Microplay, I think it was, okay. uh, or Media Media Center. I don't know what it. I forgot the name of it, but it just sold music and electronics and and, and video games. And I bought it, and I used to sneak playing it before school because um, <laughs> me and my brother weren't allowed to play video games on the weekdays. Our parents were very strict and wow, okay. only only let us play on the weekends. So somehow you still became pro level in Halo with with those restrictions. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> to make it work. Damn, yep. dude. When you have a passion for something and you right. know and you focus on that and you and you and you just learn from all your mistakes and watch film and 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 it's just like if you truly truly correct your mistakes, if you're truly taking note of what you're doing wrong in game, yeah, you, you will improve. You will improve. That's you're so truly true. Doing what you need to do. And if you have other people who can identify that, because yeah. there's some people that don't know how to identify their own mistakes. So in, in, in thus saying that, they don't know how to become better because they don't think that there's anything wrong. So having somebody that can identify that, who can articulate that in a way that you can absorb that information and, you know, like a coach or whoever, and, and you need to be willing to be coachable as well. If you're not coachable, then, right. you know, then you need to learn how to get to that point. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. No, that's also that's literally it. That's the key, man. I, I think there are so many people who play hours and hours and hours of Halo and sure they're getting better, but they could, you know, they could accelerate that process so much. So if they are, are analyzing their mistakes and, and recognizing where they're going wrong, specifically fixing those things. And like you said, allowing yourself to be coachable, like kind yeah. of consulting with other people who, who work with you, have the same mindset or working towards the same goal uh, mm -hmm. that can help you get there faster. So really, really well said. And people need to you know, to really consider that. Go go watch your gameplay. Go watch film. It helps for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, Burst in Lead says, uh, what's something you want to see coming out of Halo Infinite competitive-wise? Uh, competitive-wise, um, I want to know uh, PC and cross-platform. Like, I want to yeah. know, I want to know how that's going to be. Uh, yeah. if, that, if that even is going to be a thing, which, you know, to my understanding, like, like it would make sense for it to go to that, you know, that next that step. So I would like to see a playlist where players on the controller can play just against players on the controller, and then there's a playlist that's mixed, and then there's a player uh, a playlist that's just PC as well. I know that would be a lot. That would be really hard. But to nurture these communities and to get people to where they would need to be first time people playing Halo on a PC, you know what I mean? They may yeah. not want to play against people on a controller because people on a controller are just going to be accustomed to play on that. So I, I would like to see specifics like in terms of play, like lobby playlists for individual um, you know, communities, like I said earlier, like catering yeah. to all the communities. Yeah, that's a, a huge question going forward. We know it's going to be on PC. They're they're going to have to have some form of crossplay. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it yeah. would be a, a huge wrong to not have that. Um, yeah. yeah, I was thinking maybe just have like a switch of some sort on the top of the screen yeah. or something where it's like, do you want to allow yeah. PC players to match with you or not? That would be you good. Know? Yeah, yeah, that would be good. Um, 
when it comes to competitive, though, what what do you think it should be? Like, it, it would make sense to to open it up to PC, but at the same time, its its roots are in console, and and I don't know how they're going to compete. Maybe with each other. maybe we might have to get to a point to where there's just going to be people who, like we're seeing with Apex. Yeah, we see, we see people Sniped that are controller. Yeah, what's to say that you wouldn't have a couple yeah. of PC players with a controller player? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, there will be people on the controller that will be able to hang with people on the PC. I I truly do believe that. Um, But uh, we just have to wait and see. I I can't I can't 100 percent like say that there's going to be a more population of better controller players than PC players. But obviously, when you have a PC, you have a mouse, you can you just do more. You can do more. You know, if you can steady the aim, you can do more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I guess we'll see. Uh, yeah. Trini boy, uh, in H5, who would you consider uh, was the most underrated coach or player? Underrated coach or player? Underrated coach or player? Oh, my goodness. Um, dang, that's a hard one. Uh, I think... I think maybe... And what Halo though? Of he all said Halo? H5. He oh, said H5. H5. Okay, Ooh, that's important. Um, Narrows it down. Oh my god, this is tough. I'm I'm just looking. <sighs> Who was the splice coach? Was he a really good coach? I don't know. Uh, he... Oh, uh, um, John. Um, he played a lot of Halo. I I don't really know uh-huh. how he coached or anything like that. I would have to ask right. Shotzi. What did okay. he think? What did he think of of John? Um, but um, underrated player, man. Mm. That that's a hard one. I'd probably say I'd probably say like Trippy or or um, Penguin. Even though they did get credit for some things, I still think yeah. that they were they, they still didn't get talked about as much as they probably should have because they're just really good and there was just a lot of other good players too. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to. <clears throat> catch them um but yeah i would say underrated players um penguin trippy you know between yeah. those two for that thinking, were at least on that 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 top four level consistently right right, right. i was thinking maybe topics. um maybe neptune who kind of snuck in in the end there like he was on renegades in the end very talented player um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Neptune, yeah, yeah. People, no, people are aware of it though. Yeah. It's just like he didn't get that that no, no, spotlight, and he might have got it if uh, Halo Five continued forward. You know, so yeah, no. Neptune, that's a good pick. I mean, yeah, maybe uh, uh, very underrated, and he teamed with them as well Best when players. he was on when he was on Renegades. So uh, my brother was actually coaching them at the time. Yeah, he was yeah. teaming with APG, Mickwin, and uh, Penguin. Yeah. Uh, so they were they were a force too. Yeah, they, they they had some they had some great teamwork. So Neptune, yeah, that that'd be one I'd say. And uh, what's cool about that is that was DreamHack Atlanta 2018. That was last year, and we're now around full circle. Uh, for this year, we've got DreamHack as well. So just to kind of close out here, I've uh, you know I got I got everything I wanted to know today, and thank you mm-hmm. for joining me. But um, thank where you are you headed me. next? What, what are you going to be in uh, DreamHack at all? Um, it's definitely on the radar. I don't know what fashion. I mean, people have been asking me if I'm going to coach. People have been asking me right. if I'm 
play. You were just coaching previously. You had uh, the 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 squad, the Scott squad with uh, Ola, Snipe Down, yeah. Frosty. I, gold I, members. Yeah, yeah I, I um I played a little bit um uh at AC as well. Okay. Um and I can still compete in Halo Three. There's no doubt about that. After like me playing, um, it's just where I'm at right now and my mindset. Um, it's hard for me to get into that mode of playing a game that I've played for so many years. Sure. And and and, and playing it even more when I've focused on a lot of other things going on around my life that right, right. you know are allowing me to to do what I need to do. Um, at this point in my life and um but i do enjoy still playing halo 3 and and being involved in some way shape or form and doing research but um i just don't know in what fashion i'll be at dreamhack atlanta yet but um i'm i'm still heavily debating on going well uh hopefully i get to see you there i do plan to be there as well yeah nice um yeah man that would be awesome and uh, a good way to kind of round it back up uh that was my oh, first yeah. uh event that i got to attend i got to chat with hoaxer there as well and Oof. uh yeah it was a great time so really excited yeah yeah um <laughs> but yeah man thank you so much for joining me i know you're so busy you've got uh this crazy roster coming up for dallas they look they look like they're going to dominate so far so uh excited yep. to see who's next i'm going to predict who might be there i know you can't say anything um uh but yeah man i i wish you the best and, and thank you for joining me thank you for having me no problem i'll see you around all right that's everything for today's show guys thank you so much for tuning in of course i know some of you are waiting for our giveaway we've got exclamation mark grassroots in the chat for your chance to win the br skin and nameplate the winner's probably already been decided and that's going to be sent over to me through discord so just give me one second guys uh oh we had a last question there oh no I'll, re I'll read the last question that I missed. It was uh, Triker602 said, do you think PC players will surpass controller players? I, I think logically speaking, PC player has a higher skill ceiling. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they did surpass them at some point. Anyway, uh, the, the winner here, we got Tua with the winner for the BR skin and Nay play. Tua, uh, congratulations. We'll send that over to you. Enjoy your goodies. And that'll close today's show, guys. Remember, we also have merch that you can check out. Feel free to purchase any of this stuff. Of course, anything you buy here not only supports the show, it supports me as well, and I would highly appreciate that. That'll cover everything for year three of HCS, and today's episode of HCS Weekly will be back with year four next week and more news. I'll see you around.